Mets baseball is finally back. As the Mets have started their season, they played Thursday, they played Friday. I'm coming to you Friday night. The Mets start the season one and one. Great win Thursday, disappointing loss not too long ago. I want to talk about Nimmo. I want to talk about Verlander. I want to talk about Ruff and Fam. I want to talk about Scherzer. So much we're going to talk about today. So let's get right into it. Before I start, one final thought. I've said it multiple times. I said it on my Giants podcast. I said it on my non-sports podcast. I'm going to say it here for anyone that hasn't heard it yet. This is the last time I'm going to repeat myself. I wanted to give you guys a schedule. I haven't been able to do that. I tried to do what I did for about a week. I set schedule on when podcast episodes would be dropped. And unfortunately, uh, with me working two jobs, I haven't been able to produce that for you. I haven't been able to stick to a schedule, so I apologize. If any of you want to know what to expect from this show moving forward, I suggest you either follow me on Instagram or you follow me on Twitter. That is the best way to find out what is going on. I plan on both. I plan on tweeting on Twitter and posting on Instagram when episodes are out uh, and when episodes are available for you guys to stream and enjoy. So if you guys if you guys don't care about a schedule and are just going to check my podcast page periodically, that's fine. But if you guys are like me and like to know what's going on, you can either follow me on Instagram, Charles underscore Kessler, or you go to my Twitter. I have two. I have one for the show, and that one the let me put up here the the username for that one or the the profile name for that one, whatever you want to call it, is at the Charles K Show. No spaces. It's all combined there. Or you can follow me on my personal Twitter. That one is at Kessler Charles. If you follow me on any of those two Twitter handles or you follow me on my Instagram, you will see that after I drop an episode, I'll post that's available so you guys know when an episode is available. Because with me working two jobs, it's going to be very sporadically. You might find me dropping two episodes in three days and then disappear for for six days right i haven't dropped a podcast episode in a few days i'm sure you guys have been wondering where the hell's charlie been well i wanted to come to you guys wednesday night right before opening day but i worked 9 a.m to 11 p.m i didn't have the chance and then thursday after the mess game i was gonna come to you guys and i just wanted to enjoy the win and i just i put it off to today so if you guys are interested in knowing what's going on follow me on any of those three uh handles and whatnot but if you guys don't care and don't mind continuously checking you can do that too whatever is up to you you know whatever you prefer but let's dive right into it so i want to start tonight talking about both fam and ruff i'll start with darren ruff right i'll start with praising the mets i am so happy that the mets just decided to cut ties with this guy as you all remember, the Mets traded four players, J.D. Davis and three prospects, for Darren Ruff at the trade deadline. I, I thought from the beginning that they gave way too much and it was a poor trade, even if Darren Ruff hit. I was okay with the Mets moving on from J.D. Davis. I could not stand watching J.D. Davis. 
And it was a shame because 2019 J.D. Davis was a blast to watch. I love 2019 J.D. Davis. And I hope he figures out. I hope he succeeds. I'm not rooting against the guy, but I could not stand watching him take any more bats for the Mets. He was struggling big time. So it's all for the Mets moving on from J.D. Davis and, and going after Ruff. But I thought the package they sent for Ruff was way, way, way too much. So I didn't like the trade from the beginning, but I was willing to have an open mind and give it a chance. He was horrible. He sucked last season. He sucked in the small outing he had this year in spring. He, he didn't play a lot in spring, but the few times he did, the few bets he had, he stunk. And I was really happy the Mets cut ties with him. And Billy Epler came out. I applaud him, and he said, look, we, met, we missed on the trade. It was a bad trade. And I applaud the Mets it, it just swallowing their pride and moving on and accepting that this was not a good trade. It's okay. Every franchise, every GM has a bad trade or two, right? It, it's, it's okay. It happens. So I'm really happy that the Mets moved on, right? I, I, I couldn't be happier the Mets moved on from, from Ruff and gave it the spot to LaCostro because he deserved it. You guys know how I feel about him. Great spring. He deserved the spot. Where I'm disappointed with the Mets is the fact that they left Fam on this roster and sent Brett Beatty down to AAA. What more does this kid have to do? Right? I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he can't work on some things for his game. But you cannot tell me Fam is a better offensive and defensive player right now than Beatty. You can't. Brett Beatty deserved that spot. And I'm disappointed that the Mets sent him down to AAA. Brett Beatty, you, you guys know I, how I felt about his defense. I thought his defense was a liability at times. And he worked on it, right? He, he did everything you could ask. His offense was there, and he even improved his offense, which was not even a question we all knew he could hit. And as for his defense, a lot of people, including me, thought he was a liability. Well, he, he heard the complaints, and he worked all winter, and clearly his work paid off because he got much better defensively. I just don't get what more he had to do. Because I told you guys what's going to happen is what if Escobar struggling? Escobar struggled in the sp in spring training. Escobar, I know it's only been two games, but he struggled thus far, thus far offensively. What do you do if he continues to struggle? This is why I wanted Beatty on the bench, because if Escobar struggles, you could insert him. You know, have a, a, a short leash with Escobar and insert Beatty when he's struggling. But for whatever reason, the Mets might hold on to Fam. Well, Fam sucked in spring training. In the small sample size we've seen him so far in the two games, he sucked offensively. I, I don't get why the Mets would give him that final spot. But I don't want to talk too much about Ruff and Fam because I already dropped a podcast about them. I'm proud of the Mets for cutting ties with Ruff. I'm disappointed with the Mets for keeping Fam. Beatty deserved that spot, not Fam. But I don't own the Mets. And you know what? I'm happy I don't because... Steve Cohen is smarter than me. I would I would rather the Mets be owned by Steve Cohen. They're going to win more games under him than me, right? But I don't own the Mets. I'm not the GM. I don't make these decisions. I can't control that Beatty's not at the big league level, right? He they played their the Syracuse Mets played their first game tonight, and Brett Beatty played well. I mean, I don't know what more this kid can do, but his time will come. You know, and if fam keeps hitting like this and let's emphasis on hitting because he's not doing that at all. If fam continues to struggle, he, Beatty should be up fairly soon, right? Good news with Nimmo, bad news with Verlander. Nimmo 
you guys all know if you listen to my my uh, episode uh, a week or two ago when the injury went down, I told you guys he's not going to be ready for opening day. The initial reports on Nimmo were not promising at all, right? A lot of people, a lot of reporters and a lot of people within the Mets organization did not feel he'd be ready for opening day. They felt he'd miss a week or two of the regular season. It looked very bad. Now, when the scan came out, the Mets looked like they dodged a bullet, but still, it did not seem like he'd be ready for opening day. Well, Nimmo must have heard all of us question him being ready for opening day or not, and he must have took that personal. And I couldn't be happier I was wrong. Again, I'd rather be wrong but see the Mets succeed than the other way around. I didn't think Nimmo would be ready for opening day. I told you guys he probably wouldn't, and I told you what the lineup should consist of if he missed time which was likely, in my opinion. Well, he didn't miss any time. He played Thursday, he played opening day, and he played phenomenally, right? Three RBIs, running the bases. Uh, he looked exceptional. If you guys read the, my latest article on my website, you guys will, will already know how I feel about Nimmo's performance on Thursday. I, I thought he looked great. My only complaint is I wish he would steal more bases, right? I, I thought he might take some chances with the new rules Thursday. He didn't. Right, I I said in the article that that Gary Cohen said in the SMY broadcast that in an interview Nimmo said it's more important for him to stay healthy so he doesn't plan on stealing more bases. And although I get that from Nimmo, I want him to stay healthy too. He's got the speed, he's got the ability to do so. I really wish he would just steal a little bit more bases. I'm not saying he needs to go out and steal 30, 40 bases a season, but he has the ability to steal 20 bases a season. Right, and I'm lowballing it. So that's my only complaint about Nimmo's game. I wish he would steal more bases, but Nimmo looked sharp on the base path, looked great in the batter's box, very happy with what I've seen from Nimmo. So he looks good to go. The bad news, Justin Verlander, as you all know, he has a low-grade strain. Um, I, I don't know the name of the muscle, right, but it's a, it's a armpit muscle. It's under the arm. I don't know what the name of the muscle is, but it's a low-grade strain on one of the muscles in his armpit. Right now, this could have been a serious injury. Looks like the Mets have. It looks like the Mets may have dodged a bullet with him too. Right, this is an injury that could keep people out for a very, very, very long time. Right, this this is an injury that could keep players out two months. The fact that this is a low grade strain, and the and the Mets are letting him throw for the next week, we could all take a sigh of relief. Now he's obviously going to miss some starts. I'm not saying he won't miss any time. But the fact that it's a low-grade strain, as I said, and the fact that the Mets are letting him throw all this week, he was throwing today, the fact that he's throwing, it doesn't seem to be that serious. If the Mets shut him down and say, all right, guys, we might have a problem here. He might be out a, a month or two. The fact that he's throwing, and he even came out and said if this was a playoff game, he would start and, and fight through it. So the fact that he would, if it was a playoff game, he would start. And, and pitch through this, and he's throwing, even though it's not high intensity, he's throwing all this week. I'm not too concerned. I don't think you should be too. I could see him missing maybe three starts, right? I, I, I don't know. I don't want to predict it, though, because I predicted Nimmo missing quite a bit of time, you know, two weeks of the regular season. He didn't miss any time. I was way off. So I don't want to predict how long Verlander will be out. I'm not a doctor, guys. I'm not. I, I don't know you know, what uh, 
a timetable is for an injury like this, right? I, I know the if it's a severe injury, he could be out two months. That I could tell you confidently, but it's not severe. This is a low-grade strain. I don't know how long someone's out for a low-grade strain. I, I don't. I'm not going to act like I do. But the Mets just don't seem like they could catch a break here, right? We all wanted the Mets to go out and get Jacob deGrom's replacement, but we did not mean literally, right? I was, I was looking forward to not having to worry about uh, injuries every five days. I thought with Verlander, we could count on him for 28 to 30 starts and not have to be so concerned about him being healthy. He hasn't even thrown a pitch for the Mets in a regular season game, and we're worried about his health, right? I, I didn't. If Justin Verlander, I highly doubt you'll hear this, but if you do, I did not literally mean be the exact replacement of Jacob DeGrom. I, I didn't mean it like that. So please, get healthy, right? But you know it's killing him that he's not healthy. You could tell in his interview. But I really don't think this is going to be serious. I really don't. But the Mets need him healthy. The Mets do. Right? The, I'm going to talk more about this later in the episode. But the Mets will go as far as Max Scherzer and... and uh, Justin Verlander carry them. I'm I'm not saying their bullpen's not good. Their bullpen's good. I'm not saying the rest of their pitching rotation isn't good. It is. I'm not saying their lineup isn't good. It is. But the Mets season will go as far as Scherzer and Verlander take them. And I'll explain more about that later. But we'll have to see what happens. Justin Verlander, get well soon. The Mets need you. Us Mets fans need you. You're very important to this year's team. Right, but I'll end the show talking about Verlander and Scherzer, how important they are to this year's team. I want to talk briefly about Thursday and Friday's game, right? So as for Thursday's game, the pitching was superb. Scherzer started the game, got the win. His first five innings, he was exceptional, nearly perfect, right? He only gave up the one hit. His command was sharp. He wasn't walking a lot of batters. The only complaint about his first five innings was his strikeout numbers were down a little bit. He wasn't striking out as many batters as we're used to. But overall, the first five innings, you couldn't ask for more from him considering it was the first start of the season for him. He pitched amazing. The sixth inning rolled around, and it was a little bit of a speed bump for him. Initially, it looked like he was only going to give up the one run, and if he gave up the one run, well, you're still looking at it. A very, very good and exceptional, really, outing from him he made a mistake gave up the two-run home run to Cooper that ties the game that changes the start a little bit it was still a good start but it could have certainly it could have definitely been better right I don't want to take anything away from from Scherzer though he gave it his all and like I said still a good start if you look at the numbers they don't look overly pretty but if you watch the game like me and I'm sure a lot of you did his he pitched very well it was just that he just made one mistake and that's why numbers can be deceiving sometimes because it was just that one mistake. That one mistake went from an excellent start to a solid start. The bullpen comes in, and wow, was I amazed. Rayleigh looked the best of the three of them, right? But Drew Smith came in, and after giving up that leadoff double, he settled down, got, he struck out two of the next three batters, got out of the inning, looked confident, looked sharp. Then Rayleigh came in for the eighth, right, because Smith pitched the seventh. 
Really comes in the eighth and really wow. His fastball was was quick. His his off speed stuff had movement. He struck out two of the three batters he faced. He made it look easy. Robertson comes in for the save. His stuff was a little erratic at times, but he strikes out two batters also. It was it was amazing. The combined stats for the three of them, right? Between Smith, Raley, and Robertson. It was they combined for three innings, six strikeouts, no walks, one total hit. You couldn't ask for a better bullpen outing. It was amazing. Robertson gets his first save as a Met, and the pitching, wow. I mean, it was it was really, really fun to watch. Especially with the Diaz injury. We didn't know what this bullpen would be. I told you guys, if Adovino, we didn't see him on Thursday, but if Adovino can step up, if if Robertson could step up, if Rayleigh could step up, and if Smith can step up, if those four guys can pitch well and step up, this bullpen is still one of the best in the game. You saw it from Rayleigh. You saw it from Robertson. You saw it from Smith. It's only one outing, so let's not get too crazy. Let's not read too much into it. But definitely impressed with what I saw from those three guys. Right? It was a great win. Nimmo looked great at the plate, the three RBIs. I really liked what I see seen from him on Thursday. It was great. Right? Lindor and Alonzo did struggle offensively, but I'm not going to read too much into it. It's one game. Marte looked great. He had a hit, a stolen base. I actually think he had two hits, right? Let me pull it up, my my uh, my numbers here, because I'm going from from from, uh, from stat to stat. So let's see here. Where is it? Marte, yeah, here we go. Marte went two for four. Excuse me, let me correct myself. He had two hits, and he had the stolen base. So Marte looked good. Marte's speed was definitely there. Obviously, we'll have to see over the course of the season if he could stay healthy, right? That was a problem last season. He was having trouble staying healthy, and he didn't steal as many bases as we thought he would. This year, first game, he already has a stolen base, right? So he he looked good. It was a really nice performance for the Mets all across the board, right? Obviously, I was more impressed with the pitching, but the offense was there. Nimmo, good outing. Marte, good outing. Narvaez, right? It was nice seeing some offensive production at the catcher spot for once. You know, McNeil. McNeil had two hits, including that bunt hit. That was that was really smart on his part with Segura playing deep at third base. So the offense looked good. Like I said, Lindor, Alonzo struggled a little bit Wednesday, but or excuse me, Thursday. But I'm not going to read too much into it because it, it, it's four at-bats for each of them. You can't read too much into it. And Lindor was good defensively. Even though his offense wasn't fantastic, like we're used to seeing from him, he played great defense on Thursday. Everything hit to him when he was a vacuum. You know? So even when he's not performing offensively, he's still an elite defender. But Wednesday, Thursday's game, great win. Like I said, it, it, everything, other than Scherzer's mistake, everything went exactly how you wanted it. Right, The bullpen pitched exactly how we wanted to see it. Scherzer, other than that one mistake in the sixth inning, pitched exactly how we wanted to see. McNeil, Marte, Nimmo, even Narvaez, these guys hit exactly how we wanted to see them hit. 
right? We the only guys we didn't really get to see exactly what we wanted to see offensively was Alonzo and Lindor, but both were, especially Lindor, active defensively. So I was very happy when I saw Thursday's game. Obviously today, a little bit different of a story, right? The Mets lose 2-1. to one. There's virtually no offense. The Mets ended today's game with only four hits, right? They, there was nothing there offensively for them. Alonzo had the solo home run in the ninth inning. But other than that, there, were, there was nothing going on for the Mets offensively. It, it was a bad outing. Right, Nimmo, 0 for 3. Marte, another good outing, 2 for 4. But Lindor, 0 for 2. Alonzo, like I said, 1 for 4. He had the solo shot. Canna struggling, 0 for 3. McNeil, a rare 0 for. He went 0 for 4. We don't usually see him go 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 ever. Escobar continuing to struggle. As I talked about in the opening, this is why I wanted Beatty on the bench. I don't know how long Escobar is going to struggle for. But I, I don't expect him to break out of it anytime soon. Escobar 0 for 3. Fam, atrocious 0 for 2. Nito 0 for 2. It, it, was, uh, it was a bad outing offensively across the board. The pitching was not horrible. Certainly not as good as we want to see. The pitching wasn't as good as yesterday's. I know what you're thinking. Well, we gave up one less run today than yesterday. Wouldn't today's pitching be better? No, no, no. You had to actually watch the game. To, to see that actually the pitching was much worse today. Peterson, he gets the loss. He went five innings, eight hits, five strikeouts to one walk, one earned run. It was a sloppy day for him. He was bailed out m multiple times by Alonzo had a beautiful play at first base. To he turned a double play. It was beautiful early in the game. McNeil, McNeil you know, one of the best plays I've ever seen from him. Saved a run. You know, it was a ricochet off of Alonzo's glove. McNeil scooped it up and fired home and got the runner out. Saved a run for Peterson. Lindor playing some fine defense just like Thursday. So when you look at Peterson's numbers, you're like, well, the hits are high. But his, his outing wasn't horrible. His outing was pretty bad because the defense bailed him out. This could have been a much worse start for him. Between Lindor, Alonzo, and McNeil, he better be buying them gifts. Peterson should be buying them some steak dinners because this could have been a horrible outing for Peterson if they didn't make some fine plays behind him. Bad outing for Peterson overall. I'm not going to read too much into it, nor should you. I still think Peterson deserves a spot in this rotation. He pitched phenomenal in the spring. He pitched solid last season. I'm not going to you know, turn on him yet. It's one start. I think he still should be, even when Quintana is healthy, I still think Peterson should be the fifth starter over Carrasco, over McGill. Right? And my opinion is not going to change off of this one start. But it was a disappointing start for him. I expected more. You know, I know the Marlins have a better lineup than people realize, but I expected more from Peterson here. Tommy Hunter comes in for two innings, pitches the sixth inning and the seventh inning. He pitched phenomenal. He had he didn't have any strikeouts, but he only gave up one hit, no walks. He pitched very well. And this is a guy that I didn't know if he'd make the, the roster. I didn't know if he'd make the opening day roster. I thought he might start the year in Syracuse and be a call-up when there's an injury or, a, or maybe when some of the guys in the bullpen pitched a lot of innings and needed some rest and you're looking for a fresh arm. 
I, di I didn't know if he'd make the opening day roster. Right? And I was leaning more towards that he wouldn't. But he did. And he deserved it. He's a quality pitcher out of the bullpen. I know he's getting older. Right? He's, he's not a young guy anymore. But he's still serviceable. And he showed it today. So I liked what I saw from him. Then Curtis comes in to pitch the, the eighth. And his outing was bad. He gave up the solo home run to Jazz Chisholm. And it could have been a lot worse. He, there were some deep fly ball outs that weren't too far from going over the fence. So I was not impressed with Curtis. You know, I'm not going to read into it again. It's one inning. I'm not going to read too much into it and turn on him either. But it could have been a much worse outing for him. Right, if the if the if the center field and right field and left field field walls were a few feet in, he could easily gave up two, three solo home runs. So it it was not pretty for him. It it was not smooth. They were definitely on his stuff. Right, the, the defense was phenomenal today. Overall, the defense today was the defense today was better than yesterday's. Right, and yesterday's defense was pretty damn good. So that's one bright spot in today's game, right? I'm not too high on how the offense played. I'm not too high on the pitching except for Tommy Hunter. But one thing we can be high on is the defense. The defense played exceptional, really, really good today, really good. I mean, it, it was fun to watch, right? But the Mets fall, like I said, the Mets fall today. They lose 2-1, to one, and they start the season 1-1. One one. Definitely a little disappointing. Obviously, you knew they weren't going to sweep. The Marlins in four games, right? You knew the Marlins were going to take a game. The Mets are a little rusty, and the Marlins are a pesky team. And it's a division. It's a divisional game. So I didn't think the, the Mets would go into Miami and sweep the Marlins. But I thought the Mets could win three games. And I thought that they would definitely win tonight with Peterson on the mound. I thought they might have some trouble this weekend. You know, you don't know what you're getting out of Sanga. It'll be interesting to see. You don't know how McGill will react to getting called up and starting in place of Verlander. So I thought the Mets would win Wednesday, or excuse me, win Thursday, Friday, and then maybe have some trouble Saturday and win again Sunday. The Mets do not win today. So that makes these, in these weekend games definitely interesting. But one loss, especially this early in the season, does not change the course or trajectory of a team. It does not. Today's loss was disappointing. The Mets should have won today. They should have. The pitching was really mediocre. Not good at all. The offense was silent. The only good out of today was the defense, like I said earlier. But this is only day two. There's still 160 games left. The best teams to ever play baseball still lose 60 to 70 games a season. This is going to happen over the course of the season. The Mets, are, in my opinion, still are the favorite to win the division, and will definitely make the playoffs even if they have to go in as a wild card team. This will still be a good season for the Mets, so hang tight. Now to finish up today, I want to talk about Scherzer and Verlander. And if the Mets want to make it far, they need both of those guys healthy and dealing. The Mets will go as far as Scherzer and Verlander takes them. Obviously, obviously there's other key parts to this team. The lineup is important. The bullpen is important. I'm not saying that Buck is the manager is important. I think he gives the Mets an edge be such a smart manager. But if Verlander and Scherzer are either both hurt or, or not pitching well, 
how does this team stack up against the Phillies or the Braves? Obviously, the Braves were playing the Nationals on, on Thursday, but you saw what their lineup can do. Seven runs. The Phillies were playing the Rangers. They went up against Jacob DeGrom. He's no scrub. Put up 11 runs, right? These are deep lineups. As I've said to you before, the Mets lineup is still one of the best lineups in baseball. But I think the Phillies have a little bit deeper of a lineup. Obviously, it changes a little bit now that they don't have Hoskins. But their lineup, especially when Harper comes back, their lineup, I feel like, is a, is a little bit deeper than the Mets. And I think the Braves lineup is just a little bit deeper than the Mets lineup. Right? The the Mets, it's, it's a little bit closer between the Mets and the Braves lineup than the Mets and the Phillies. I think the Phillies have the deepest lineup, unfortunately, of the three. But... The Mets, in my opinion, what makes them, you know, so much better than the Phillies and the Braves is their bullpen and more so their starting pitching in Scherzer and Verlander. That's what puts them over the top of these two teams, right? The Mets lineup is good enough that they could go up and compete against the Phillies and the Braves. What puts them over the top is you can't tell me the Mets bullpen isn't better than the Braves bullpen or the Phillies bullpen. You cannot tell me the Mets rotation especially with Scherzer and Verlander, isn't better than the Phillies or the Braves. But if Scherzer and Verlander are struggling or not healthy and are missing large periods of time, <coughs> excuse me, how are the Mets going to compete with some of these teams? Right, That's the Mets' strength, pitching. I mean, you saw what Scherzer was able to do Thursday. Obviously, he made that one mistake. But you saw what Scherzer was able to do Thursday. Obviously, I don't like comparing... Last season to going into this season because it's a different season. Verlander's a year older. You don't know how he'll pitch. But look at what Verlander did last season. right? If if you get the Scherzer you know and the Verlander you know, I mean the Mets are, you could argue, are, are really the top team in the National League. But if Scherzer and Verlander are struggling to stay healthy and struggling to pitch well, how are the Mets going to go up against the Dodgers or the Phillies or the Braves? Teams with good lineups, arguably better lineups, and compete. The Mets need Verlander and Scherzer healthy and pitching well. They really need both of them to step up. And obviously now you have Verlander out, right? I don't know how long he'll be out, but he's going to be out, right? And and look, Peterson I like, McGill I like, but... A rotation of Scherzer, Peterson, McGill, Sanga, and Carrasco. That is really not a great pitching rotation. That is not going to win you a World Series. The only way the Mets have a chance of winning a World Series is if they can keep Scherzer and Verlander healthy at the top of the rotation, keep Sanga healthy, keep Peterson health, healthy, and either Quintana or Carrasco, whoever's pitching better, when Quintana comes back, can hold down that fifth spot, right? That's how the Mets can really get to the World Series. Obviously, Diaz is a, is a blow, but the Mets can make it to the World Series without him. And hey, if the Mets are playing late in the postseason, he might even be available. We'll have to see how his rehab goes. But if think about the drop-off. That's the point I'm getting to here. If, if Let's just say Verlander is struggling and Scherzer's hurt. This is a bad rotation. If if Verlander's struggling at the one, you have to have McGill in at the two because Scherzer is hurt, let's just say. And Peterson's struggling. And Sang is pitching solid. 
let's just say, and Carrasco struggling. That's not a good rotation. How are you going to beat the Braves or the Phillies with a rotation like that? And let's just say we switch around. What if Scherzer's struggling? Verlander's out, and you have then McGill, Peterson, both struggling. You saw McGill struggle in spring training. Peterson struggled today. Sanger pitches solid, let's just say, and Carrasco struggles. That is not good. The, the Mets cannot afford these guys to not be healthy. Because you saw today, right, the Mets offense is going to go quiet at times. Yes, the Mets offense scores runs and are very productive. You saw it, <coughs> excuse me, you saw it on Thursday. There were no home runs on the Mets part. But the Mets were able to score five runs. The Mets could be offense could be very productive. But we saw it last season. We're going to see it this season. We saw it today. The Mets offense can go very cold at times. They can. If the Mets offense is, is cold and you have Verlander hurt and you have people starting in his place and are struggling, that's a recipe for disaster. The Mets can't win games like that. The Mets built this the Mets built this roster this year based off of the idea that they're going to get 30 starts from Scherzer and Verlander and they're going to pitch well. If they're not getting 30 starts from both of them or either, you know, either one of them, right, and they're not pitching well, how does this team go against the Braves or the Phillies or the Dodgers or if they make it to World Series, the Astros or the Yankees, right? How do the, how do the Mets do it? Because a lot of these teams have a solid pitching rotation. What set the Mets apart from them is their pitching rotation in the bullpen. But if they don't have their best closer and they don't have the be- their best starter and their second best starter is struggling, there's a big drop-off now. How do the Mets compete? So I- I'm I'm not concerned yet because it's early in Verlander. Verlander, I don't think it's, it's serious. And Scherzer pitched well on Thursday. He just made one mistake. But I am saying is that Verlander and Scherzer are very important to the team. The Mets built this team around the idea of Scherzer and Verlander pitching well and pitching a lot this season. The Mets don't. The Mets do not have a deep pitching rotation. The Mets pitching rotation was built on the idea of Scherzer and Verlander really carrying the load, being workhorses, starting a lot, pitching well, and then maybe you you get something out of Sango, which he looks pretty good, and then you could afford kind of filling in the pieces at four and five with McGill and Peterson and Krasko. If they have it, they have it. If they don't, they don't. But you can't do that with all five starters. So they need Scherzer and Verlander to be healthy and step up. Because if you're getting a lot if you have a lot of question marks out of all five starters, how are you going to win games? Right? Verlander and Scherzer mean so much to this team. <coughs> Excuse me. They mean everything. The Mets built this team around them off of the idea of we have one year. Hopefully we could piece it together this one year and win. I know Scherzer is under contract next season because you know he's going to opt in with the money he's making. And Verlander is under contract next season. But you can't account on them being great next season considering their ages. This is like do or die for the Mets, right? If the Mets don't win it this year, they're going to have to scratch it up pitching rotation-wise, and make some drastic changes. I'm not saying they'll turn to the Oakland A's where they'll have to rebuild and suck. What I'm saying is they'll have to make drastic changes to their pitching rotation. The Mets built this team and gave these two guys these contracts off of them performing well this year. 
and Verlander is already out. Scherzer does not look Scherzer, does not look like the Scherzer we're used to seeing. Still pitching well though. So the Scherzer's got to clean it up just a speck. He only made one mistake, but he he's he can't continue to make those mistakes. And Verlander's got to get healthy quick. Because if the Mets cannot count on these two, who is going to start for them? Peterson, solid. I like him, but he's a 4 or 5, right? Quintana, when he comes back injury from his injury, solid, but he's a 4 or 5. Carrasco can be solid at times, although I'm not a huge fan. I find him very inconsistent, but he's a 4 or 5. McGill, 4 or 5. So you can't have rotation filled with a bunch of 4 or 5s. Right, because other than Sanga, your rotation would be all fours or fives. You need aces, at least one or two, right? And Verlander sure are all those guys. So we'll have to see what happens with these two. But again, don't hit the panic button. Scherzer's not going. Scherzer should be all right. Verlander, not going to miss a lot of time. But if Scherzer and Verlander are injured and are struggling to pitch well. Well, the Mets are going to have a problem on their hands because that's what this team is built off of pitching. And you already lost your closer for pretty much the whole season. Maybe you'll get him in the playoffs, but that's about it. The Mets cannot afford to have Scherzer and or Verlander out long periods of time or struggle because that now your 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 bullpen's taking a hit. They can piece it together, but your bullpen's going to struggle a little bit at times because you don't have that elite lockdown closer. And your pitching rotation is going to struggle at times, right? And then you're putting a lot of pressure on your offense to score a lot of runs. And they could do it, but they're not going to do it all year. And with the Braves and the Phillies playing well and having good rosters, there's not a lot of room for error. The Mets have to be sharp this year. I'm not saying they have to win 101 games, but I think if the Mets want to win this division, they're they're going to have to win 95 to 97 games. And that's me lowballing it a little bit. They might have to win 100. In order for them to win 100 games this year, they need Scherzer to pitch well and be healthy. They need Verlander to pitch well and be healthy. Right? I, I know last season they needed DeGrom, and they, were able, they, they didn't get much out of him, and they were able to still win 101 games without Scherzer. But you had Bassett, who was great most of the season. You don't know if Senga's going to give you Bassett-like production. You don't. So hopefully these guys can just stay healthy. Get them in some bubble wrap. Just just make sure they do nothing except for the days they start. Because this, this team needs these two guys. They do big time. So that's going to do it for tonight. I'll wrap it up here. But as I've stated before, what I feel puts this Mets team above the rest. right? I think this, this Mets team is the best team in the league. And what puts them above everyone else, the Phillies, the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Astros and the Yankees, right, is their bullpen and starting pitching. That is their strength, pitching in general. And that's why Scherzer and Verlander are so important to this team, right? This team is built on pitching. It starts with those two. But let's all take a deep breath. A lot of people want to start with the season's over because they couldn't beat the Marlins. It's day two of the season. Right, the Marlins aren't gonna let the Mets beat them every time. Right, the Mets are gonna lose some games like this. It happens, but the Mets overall, their defense looks superb. Their bullpen looks very, very good. 
Their offense, yes, a little stagnant today, but there's some bright spots in that offense. Scherzer looked pretty good. Um, just one mistake, that's all it was from him having an excellent outing. Peterson, a little concerned about, but let's not go crazy over one outing. McGill gets to the start tomorrow. We'll see how he does. We'll see if he picks up on this opportunity. This is a great opportunity for him. He struggled in the spring training. He struggled in spring training, but he can make us all forget about that if he pitches well tomorrow, right? Gets another opportunity. So let's let's see how he does. I expect him to pitch well. I know he knows that his back is against the wall and can't screw up many more opportunities if he wants a chance with this club. You know, if he wants a chance to make this Mets team and be a part of this Mets team this year, he's got to take advantage of these opportunities. So he gets one tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But again, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great night. And let's go Mets.